again, everybody. I'm John Norris at Trading Perspectives. As always, we have Sam Clement. Sam, say hello. Hey, John. You doing okay? I'm doing great. You looking forward to the weekend? I am. You know, I'm looking forward to the weekend, too. Although we just came off of the holidays. Some people took some time off. I took a little time off. I'm looking forward to this weekend because I'm not sure I can tolerate any more of this crazy volatility that we're having the markets down. 600, up 600. We're climbing the wall of worry one day. We're climbing back down the next day. Sam, it's enough to make you kind of feel like you're a little schizophrenic. Yeah, I mean, 600 is the new norm, it seems like, for the Dow moving in a day. <laughs> it's, when I started off in the industry, I think the S&P 500 was like around 300. <laughs> you know, and the Dow was, now, nah, come on, Sam, you're looking at me like, holy smoke. I mean, how <laughs> old are you? But, but back in the day, I mean, the S&P 500, the Dow, I mean, these are all fractions. Now we're talking about daily swings. In absolute terms, just would absolutely boggle the mind of anyone that has been in the industry more than just even a couple of years. Right. I mean, we had a thousand-point swing, was it, uh, right after Christmas Eve <laughs> and the worst Christmas Eve ever. So, And, and then and then on, uh, you know, what, the day after Christmas, it's up over yeah, a thousand points. Yeah, it was the biggest, uh, biggest one-day move in total points for the Dow ever. Well, and then we have yesterday and the day before. I mean, the, after the close, what, on, on Wednesday, Tim Cook and Apple comes out with their, unless you've been living in a cave, you know that uh, Apple came out with a press relief saying that um, the most recent quarter earnings are probably going to be less than originally anticipated due to a slowdown in unit sales in, in China, what have you. Right, so greater China. And the market just woke up on the wrong side of the bed yesterday. The ISM manufacturing report on business was slightly less than anticipated. Still not a bad report in aggregate, but a disappointing report, if you catch my drift. Right. The two of them just caused the market to absolutely crater. Then all of a sudden here today, we have a good um, employment situation report for the month of December. Uh, Jay Powell's over the tapes, you know, sounding a hell of a lot more dovish. Sounded than a did. lot better. It sounds like he kind uh, of backed up from his previous comments in December <laughs> well, a little bit. Well, the thing is, I mean, the, the administration has not been blasting him as much over the over the last several weeks. Right. That's one thing. And then the second thing is, hopefully, I mean, Jay Powell's the smartest guy. In the I mean, room. it's gotten sure. worse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's gotten worse. Jay Powell's the smartest guy in the room. He's a brilliant man. He truly is. Uh, Hopefully he's smart enough, and apparently he has been smart enough to listen to people saying, man, you really laid an egg on that. You really did not come across like a, a good leader. And today's comments were certainly a lot better. But, Sam, how much of this volatility do you think, personally, I mean, regardless of the conversations that we've had here at Oakworth, and just talking with people that you know, people your age, family members, friends, clients, what have you, what have you been telling them about volatility? What are, what are people concerned with? Well, when is it going to stop, I think, is kind of the first question for a lot of people. And, you know, with like we've talked about, how many bricks there is in this wall of worry, there's there's really no short-term end in sight for it, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think, unfortunately, I think you're kind of right up to a point. And I keep on thinking about just a lot of things happening that hopefully will get through this volatility. And people might not like this about what I'm about to say with the timeline. Uh, the worst of volatility should be over with probably about mid-April. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have the same type of volatility that we had in December, or even that we're having the same type of swings that we've seen thus far this first week in January. But in terms of several hundred points up, several hundred points down, ending up about where we started to all that stuff, I'm thinking we're going to be knocking some stuff out, certainly by the end of, end of March, if not a little bit before that, but around that time frame. 
by that point, we'll have a clearer idea, regardless of Jay Powell's comments today and the fact that we have an FOMC meeting, another one mm -hmm. towards the end of the month, uh, you know, another three, four weeks, um, we'll have a clear idea about what monetary policy is going right. to be. Right. Even checking those things off our list of worries is going to be... Just checking them off. That's some volatility there, too, getting yeah, rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> just getting rid of them. We'll see exactly what the Democrats' agenda is going to be in Washington in 2019. Uh, we will get Brexit behind us, at least to some degree, although I don't think it'll be completely behind us. I mean, that's, you know, th that will be less of a, that'll be a much smaller brick in the wall of worry, uh, and so on and so forth. So I think you're absolutely right when you say it's a checklist of getting things out of the way. And when I'm, when I'm preparing my time, I'm, I'm looking at the checklist going by this point, by this point, by this point, and I'm really thinking the first quarter could be kind of a tumultuous time. Right. It's going to be the best of times, the worst of times, up and down, sideways and what have you. It's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. But, you know, at the end of the day, when we sit back and we look at the tea leaves and we count, count all of our marbles before we go back to the house, Sam, the economic data just continues to look pretty good. Right. But I'm in, I'm a little more inclined to believe after recent events, especially after Apple, kind of people starting to believe there's a little, you know, more to be worried about with China that most, uh, that both Xi and Trump might be a little more inclined to kind of make a deal. Well, let's hope so. I mean, what are your personal thoughts on that? I mean, what, what does a deal look like between Xi and uh, the president? I mean, I think we've kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, both, both of them saving face. Yeah. Both of them getting something that they want. Yeah. Um, I mean, winning a trade war, we talked about this. No one really wins the trade war, yeah. but, you know, it's kind of a relative thing. Who can endure a little more, you know, hurt in the short term to get a little more? <laughs> well, the there was a lot of pain in that yesterday. Yeah. In Apple's, uh, yeah. Apple's announcement, the slowdown in uh For both in countries. Uh, without a doubt. But, I mean, I think that's maybe, and I got some texts from clients after yesterday's debacle. Uh, market down 600 points at some point, and what, what have you, saying, uh, do you think the so the trade war with China is, is real now? And I said, and I, I responded back to this one client, and I said, longer term, I don't think it's going to be a major deal. Short term, it could have a negative impact, clearly on earnings and some short-term psyche, but longer term, neither side really wants to get into a protracted trade war. Right. I don't see many instances where this lasts through 2019. Let's keep our fingers crossed. It's That's just hard for me to imagine this going on for another year. Well, I think you're right. I uh, always thought first quarter would be kind of when we'd start to get some serious yeah. traction on it. And that timeline still seems like it could kind of work out. Well, I, I, well, let's hope you're right. Now, last year we started off the year telling folks that we thought we'd get be able to slip through 2018 with a positive rate of return before kind of stumbling into 2019. And that's when the volatility would hit. Uh, we were right just a little bit early right. in our predictions. And so we weren't necessarily alone in, in, our, in our convictions last year. And we're certainly not alone right now by, by taking a very sober look at the economic data and very sober look at everything that's going on there and kind of questioning and scratching our heads, why is investor psyche so strange and so negative that we have these great swings in volatility? I have a question for you. You think 2008 is having any impact on what's going on today with how bad 2008 was uh, for some people that was probably the biggest losses they've had in their investing career yeah. you know it kind of brings up prospect theory I mean people are much more 
worried to lose money than they are happy when they gain money. So, I mean, that's why you see it go down a lot faster than you see a market go up over the well, long Well, and that's why after a short period of downturn, people will talk about how their portfolio lost money, although they haven't locked in any losses and forgotten about the gains that they'd made previously. And that's just part of, that's just the nature of this business. Sure. I'll tell you, 2008 weighs very heavily on the mind of investors, particularly people baby boomer generation, right. even a little bit older than that. Uh, I mean, it changed in, people's lives. I mean, well, it, cha- it did. It changed people's lives. Um, but on top of that, people you know have are ten years older than they were. So that person who was say fifty five in two thousand eight and saw their portfolio go down, choose your percentage. Uh, you know they're thinking, oh, I can make this back up, stay in the market, I'll get my money back, and what have you. Now all of a sudden, that individual sixty five, which isn't old. But at the same time, their investment time horizon has shrunk. Their right. desire to retire is now all of a sudden next year or the year after that as opposed to a dozen years from now. So people were very concerned about a 2008. And so that is certainly, I think, playing into some of, this, some of this volatility. And so I and you and I have talked about this, that while 2008 is still fresh on the minds of a lot of people who, who control, frankly, a lot of the money in this country, baby boomers and the generation before control most of the paper assets in this country. Right. And so while that's still fresh on the minds of everyone, I will tell you, and I'm going to tell you again, that in 2008, it was understandable why people were freaking out. I mean, we had banks failing, you know. Yeah, these uh, ISM numbers were getting today. Yeah, I mean, we had banks failing. I mean, the government let Lehman Brothers collapse. Bear Cerns, for all intents and purposes, collapsed. I think they sold themselves for a dollar. Um, Wachovia, for all intents and purposes, collapsed. And and so you saw all these banks going under. And the FDIC insurance fund got down about 50 million bucks. I mean, that's, that's how close we were to running out of cash in the financial system. So that was understandable while everything was falling apart. What has been very strange this go around and even the even the bear market in the first part of the of the of the century 20 to two, 2000 to 2002 that was a little bit more understandable understanding the valuations and the bubble that we had in tech prior to it. However, this one and what we saw in the fourth quarter was just kind of like I feel like being worried. Yeah, people were finding a yeah, reason to yeah, worry about I, something. I'm, I'm feeling, I, I feel like being worried. I don't like what's going on. The headlines kind of stink. But at the same time, the economic data was pretty good. Yeah, even down to some individual names you'd see when they'd come out with their fourth quarter this past year, their earnings. Yeah, it'd be pretty good all around, except there'd be maybe one thing. Maybe their growth was expected to be 25% <laughs> next year instead of 28%. I think you're, I think you're recalling the Amazon, yeah, I am. uh, Amazon I am. forecast. Yeah, the guidance there. Pretty I mean, it's still a great year's worth of guidance. Their holiday sales were incredible again this year, but there's one little thing that's worrying people, and that's mm-hmm. what they take. That's what hook, line, and sinker on the one little bit of negative news. Well, the thing is, and I, I'll tell you this: um, I can understand a lot of it. You know, we just um, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Our investment committees talked about it, putting out pieces to clients and talking uh, talking with clients. We're not trying to be cavalier. I don't think either you or I are about this. Um, I understand. I mean, the headlines are incredibly negative. There are a lot more bricks in that wall of worry, a lot more things being thrown at us that could drive us down to that worst-case scenario. And let's be real here. The market's been incredibly good from 2009 up to recently. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Federal Reserve had been dumping money on us. I mean, us it was hard to, it was hard recently. to lose. 
hard to lose money over the past couple of years. Oh, well, that's the whole deal. I mean, people that are very upset, um, not, I mean, across the country, would choose your money manager or your brokerage firm. They'll be very upset when they get their 2018 final statements and say, look at how much money I've lost. Right. Without sitting there saying, oh my gosh, look how much money I've made over the right. last decade. And I got to tell you, this year, particularly the first quarter, as we've, we've, we've talked about, we're going to see that volatility because although the Federal Reserve and J-PAL sounds a lot more dovish today than they did back yeah. on December 19th, we are getting back to more normalized monetary policy. Right. I mean, we're still kind of negative real interest rates or we're getting to we're around zero. To, yeah. You know, I mean, it's we don't have some crazy interest rates right yeah. now. I mean, it's two and a half percent we're talking about. Well, you're right. And uh, but, you know, really, the reason why we haven't seen the volatility that we would have seen in normal circumstances, is because the global central banks, not just the Federal Reserve, central banks from around the world have spent the better part of the last decade ensuring that we didn't have volatility. Right. And now so the world's primary central bank is taking some of that largesse out of the economy. We're starting to see more volatility than we have in really over the last decade for the most part. I mean, we have had some bad quarters and what have sure. you. That last quarter just felt a little, little weird, felt a little off. And that drove investment psyche, investor psyche even worse. So, you know, we'll probably see greater swings in volatility moving forward. But, you know, if history serves as a guide, and I'm supposed to say historical performance is not indicative of future results and all that stuff, but I've also been around long enough to know that history tends to repeat itself and is the best predictor of the future that we have. Right. Volatility also leads to greater wealth creation. Sure. So it's kind of funny. I think we're going to have some volatility here this year. First quarter could be kind of painful. At the end of the at the end of the year, we could wake up and surprise ourselves with a very attractive back half of the year, even as the economy slows down, uh, and some positive returns here in investment portfolios. I agree, hundred percent. So. Mean- it's going to be a it's going to be a strange year where last year everything felt great until it didn't, and this year is going to be kind of the mirror side of that, the flip side of that coin. Everything is going to feel awful until it doesn't. So I'm predicting a very good 2019, maybe not as good as 2017. I do have yeah. to have that caveat. It's just going to feel like last year in that we got suckered punch in order to get there. Same. You know, I think a lot of people will be pretty thankful for having opportunities to get in some certain stocks that at a much better price than they have been the past. You know, people who are probably kicking themselves for not getting an Apple last time it was at 140 bucks, <laughs> Something like that. I mean, everything. Well, now they've got the opportunity to do it again. Yeah, I mean, all, all, everything <laughs> has been beaten down so much, it's given them opportunities to get back in something oh, that they would have three months ago killed to be in at that price. Well, you're right. You're right. You're right. It doesn't make it any easier when you pull up statements, and we get that. We get that. We've been doing this. I've been doing this a long period of time, and and uh, I get it. It's it's hard to hard to spend a relative dollar. Uh, and at the same time, while you haven't lost anything and you're up higher than where you were several years ago, it still feels bad. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm going to tell you, the first quarter, we're probably going to have this kind of crazy volatility, probably end up to amount to nothing just a lot of uh, upset stomachs and by the end of the year hopefully things will look pretty good that's what we think Sam yeah so with that we're gonna keep it relatively short here today um, I think you can tell from our comments here that we think things are continue to be good economically we've got a couple of bricks in the wall of worry we've got to get past uh, encouraged by Jay Powell's and the jobs number today and the job number today I've been encouraged by a lot of stuff that's going on out there 
It's going to take a little while for investor psyche to completely swing back over the other way. Uh, but once it does, uh, you know, the sun will come up in the east tomorrow. The U.S. economy is in okay shape. We aren't facing 2008 outside of some sort of exogenous event, you know, a collapse in the Italian banking system or something along those lines. Even then, we are not staring 2008 in the face. And that's what people are worried about. Yeah. So, can't stress that enough. So, with that, Sam, you got anything else you want to add here today? Not today. Well, maybe next week, I think. Maybe next week. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. We always love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. You can send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can leave us a review on the podcast outlet of your choice. As always, we highly encourage people to recommend Trading Perspectives to their friends, neighbors, and loved ones. And that is if you like it. Now, if you don't like it, please refer us to all the people that you truly dislike in your life. Just in any event, just no matter how you do it, make sure that people are listening to Trading Perspectives. If you're interested in, in hearing or reading more of what we have to say, you can check out our blog, Common Sense, underneath the Thought Leadership tab at oakworthcapital.com. Sam, that's the advertisement. you have anything else to add to it? That's all I got. Guys, thank you all so much for listening. You have a great day.